4: This is Our Common Ground, Alternative Activist Empowerment talk radio, speaking truth to our and
5: ourselves.
3: Who are you? You don't know? Don't tell me Negro, that's nothing.
5: What
4: were you before? The white man means you a Negro. And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then?
6: a revolution about what we didn't do amen then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person because ultimately our people's future resides on what we do outside of the white house
4: african descent fairly america failed she put
2: And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. And good
6: evening and thank you for joining us. Let the games begin. It's the annual Our Common Ground Black History Games. And we thank you so very much for being here. You know, i do the electric slide on my intro so I can... You know, kind of get a little exercise and out of the chair. I hope you do as well. We begin here at 10 p.m. every Saturday night, and we're glad to see you in the place. And, you know, we have to kind of like slow it down, even though I want to take it up, because tonight we're going to be looking at your black history intelligence. We're going to be exploring issues having to do with black struggle, black art, black politics, black public policy, black arts and literature, science, medicine, politics, and some people you might know and some people who you might not know. And we hope that you will uh, stay with us with this and um, make sure that you have a pen Our pencil and a pad, because you are going to need it. Here are, well, I'll go through the rules uh, as people come in. If you're listening to us and you'd like to join us in the chat room, uh, you can do so by coming to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. And you can uh, follow along in our chat room, or you can, if you're on a smart device and you'd like to follow along in the program and join us by dialing 347-838-9852. And we see that the chat room is starting to uh, fill up, so you better come and get your seat, because the games will
5: Begin. We
6: will have it on, and in a few minutes I'm going to tell you about what the rules are and how we're going to do this thing. This is the uh, maybe about the 20th uh, Our Common Ground Annual Black History Games. Uh, we used to do it as a featured part of our Friday show when we were doing Monday through Friday, But um, And I think that what we're going to do is try to continue some of it if you enjoy it, because we are here for you. This is our common ground, and we thank you for your listenership. But before we begin, I do have to pause and remember the passing of a great revolutionary warrior. I want to take a moment and remember and recall the life of Shokwe Lumumba. He was known as America's most revolutionary warrior, most revolutionary lawyer, most revolutionary mayor. And I want to pause tonight to remember him. Shokwe Lumumba. He died this week at the age of 66. He was elected to leave the city of Jackson, Mississippi in 2013 with
5: 86%
6: of the vote. And his, in his 8-month tenure, my dear mentor and friend. Samumba earned a reputation for both practical and visionary, an effective politician who never abandoned his principles in his law practice, in his legal work, in his living of revolutionary transformation. When he was overwhelmingly elected mayor in 2013, I was joyous, despite being massively outspent by his opposition. And what he said in one of his
5: fiery speeches is, we've
6: got to tell them how we're going to fix their streets, how we're going to feed them, how they are going to eat. Where are they going to live, he said, in imagining
5: where he was
6: headed as the mayor. He had a wonderful charm and easy style. And sometimes as we worked together on a number of cases, I would feel such urgency and anxiety, and he would be so calm. In the eight months that he was mayor of Jackson, he was barely able to scratch the surface of his broad-ranging agenda for social and economic change in one of the poorest, poorest cities in this country. But he insisted, as he said upon his election,
5: that
6: the goal wasn't to be the mayor. The real prize was the people's power. And I quote him, that's still a struggle to be achieved. That's a goal to be reached. But that's not where we are right now.
5: If you do not know
6: him, we suggest that you learn about a true and living Legal Legacy, Asada Shakur, Matula Shakur, the Scott sisters, and so many more. And he never, ever wondered if he would get wealthy by it all. Farewell, my dear brother warrior. And I want you to know that I am ever grateful for the sacrifices that you made. And thank you once again for being with us. If you do not know about the life of this wonderful, wonderful man, gone way too soon, Shohwe Lumumba, you have missed one of our greatest. If you'd like to join us in our chat room, the games are about to begin. And we hope that you have your paper and your pin, and we hope that you have your children and your teams. And if you're calling in a score for a team, you have to tell us how many people are in the team and whether or not you drag them home from the bar. The other thing I have to make real clear, I never, ever... Uh, share it with anyone, including Alfo, who I talk to every day uh, about any of the questions, and here are the rules. I will read twenty questions for each question that you get right or correct, you will get ten points. Got that? Ten points. You're on the honest system. And once we go through the 20 questions, and there are two of them that have bonus points in the questions, and I will pose the bonus questions part of the question as I give you the 20 questions. Now, those are the main questions. Now, if you find yourself at the end of all of this and you only have no points, you can call us. You can call us and write this down right on your pad, 347-838-9852, and ask, plead and ask on your knees so that you won't be so pitiful. Ask on your knees, dear Janice, please may I have a bonus question for which You only get five points, not ten points, five points. Okay, let's go through the rules again. I'll ask 20 questions. You will put the answer on your pad by the number of the question because I will give you the number. There will be some bonus opportunities in some of the questions. When I announce the bonus part of the question, If you know the answer, you can get five points. There is one bonus question that has four opportunities to get five points, so you would get five points for each one of those. If at the end of the hour you do not have a respectable score, you can call Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two, and ask for a bonus question. But you have to answer the question on the air to get five points. Now, if you want three points, you can answer the question to yourself, and not in. You know, I'm trying to spare people from embarrassment here. So. That is how it's going to go. Now, the other thing I want that's very important is please do not, people in the chat room, post the answers in the chat room because I know you're all going to be cheating. I know Brother Brock is going to have the question, and you're all going to be asking him what is the answer. Brother Brock, do not give answers to people in the chat room. No private whispering. I know what you all do. All this private whispering in the background. Now, once I have posed the question, I will ask the questions twice for your little pad and paper or for those of you who are cute, for your little notepad on your iPad or your smart device. I will then go back through the questions And give the answers Okay Once we do that Then You can call in Your score And pick up some bonus I have four stacks Of bonus questions You can ask for questions From stack one Or stack two Stack three Or stack four There are two audio questions, so you have to listen very carefully, okay? You will not have an opportunity to call me to ask me about these instructions because this is the game's beginning, and let us get started. Anybody in the chat room got any questions? Okay, I don't see any questions in the chat room. And somebody please, please lend Alfo some paper. He's looking for some paper. You better write on the back of an envelope like you always do.
5: <laughs> and
6: O'Henry is saying his answer to all the questions is Dr. Luther the King. <laughs> See, y'all ain't right, it just ain't right us begin this session. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to hear a little bit about why black history is important. Thank you for joining us on Our Common Ground tonight. At Our Common Ground. It's your Black History Intelligence Challenge. The annual Our Common Ground Black History Games. Thank you for being with us. Get your pens and your pencils.
5: Are you ready?
6: I'm Janice Graham. And I'll be listening for you tonight. 20 questions? 10 points per question. Call in for your bonus question and points. 2014 Black History Month at our common ground. History Matters.
2: listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now, Janice Graham.
6: I didn't get it. So here we begin with the 2014 Our Common Ground Black History Games. Question number one. Put number one down on your paper. It's question number one. He was born in Rentisville, Oklahoma on January 2nd, 1915. to a Tulsa, Oklahoma attorney and his wife. He grew up in Tulsa in a Jim Crow society. While his family was in Rentersville, Buck, his father survived the June 1921 Tulsa race riot and successfully sued the city. The suit went before the Oklahoma Supreme Court, overturning a Tulsa ordinance which prevented the city's black people from rebuilding their destroyed community. He attended Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee, graduating magna cum laude in 1935. He received his MA degree in history from Harvard University in 1936. And he taught at Fisk University and returned to Harvard to complete a PhD in history in 1941. His most important work was the 1947 publication of, and that is a bonus point, if you know the publication, It is a bonus point of five points. In 1979, President Jimmy Carter appointed him to the Advisory Commission on Public Diplomacy. He also taught in England, Australia, and the People's Republic of China. He served on the advisory board and is the former chair of One America, the President's Initiative on Race created by President Bill Clinton in 1997. The question is, who was he? I'm going to pose the question again. He was born in Rentiesville, Oklahoma, on January 2, 1915. His father was a Tulsa attorney. He grew up in a Jim Crow society. He attended Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee, and graduated in 1935. He received his M.A. degree in history from Harvard University in 1936. He taught at Frisk University, returned to Harvard University to complete his Ph.D. in history in 1941. His most important work was the 1947 publication of a bonus point. In 1979, President Jimmy Carter appointed him to the Advisory Commission on Public Diplomacy. He served on the Advisory Board and is the former chair of One America. The President's Initiative on Race created by Bill Clinton in 1997. That is question number one. We're going to give you a break on some of these questions. We're going to break doing some of this, but we're going to keep going. Question number two. How are you all doing out there? You doing okay? You hanging in? Okay. This is question number two. Between 25 and 50 blacks congregated at midnight on April 6, 1712 with guns, swords, and knives in hand, the slaves set fire to an outhouse, then fired shots, at several white slave owners who had raced to the scene to fight the fire. By the end of the night, nine whites were killed and six whites were injured. The next day, the New York governor ordered the New York and Westchester militia to quote-unquote drive the island. With the exception of six rebels who committed suicide, before they were apprehended, all of the rebels were captured and punished with ferocity ranging from being burned alive to being broken by a wheel. The question is, what was it called and where did it happen? Read the question again. Between 25 and 50 blacks congregated at midnight on April 6, 1712. They carried guns, swords, and knives in the hands. In their hands, set fire to an outhouse, then fired shots at several white slave owners, who had raced to the scene to fight the fire. By the end of the night. Nine whites were killed and six whites were injured. The next day, the governor of New York ordered the New York and Westchester militia to drive the island. With the exception of six rebels who committed suicide before they were apprehended, all of the rebels were captured and punished with ferocity. Where did it happen and what was it called? Question number three. This is question number three. In January 1865, General William T. Sherman met with 25 African American leaders who told him that land ownership was the best way for blacks to secure and enjoy their newfound freedom. On January 16th of that year, Sherman issued special field order number 15. What was promised in special field order number 15? That is the question. I'll read it again. Question number 3. In January 1865, General William T. Sherman met with 25 African American leaders who told him that land ownership was the best way for blacks to secure and enjoy their newfound freedom. On January 16th of that year, 1865, Sherman issued Special Field Order Number 15, what was promised in Special Field Order Number 15. That was question number three. No private chats. That was question number three. Question number four. He was born in Beaufort, South Carolina. In 1839, and worked as a house slave until the age of 12. Until he was 18, he made an arrangement to work as a waiter, ship rigger, and sailor, saving all of his earned money for a sum of $800. In 1861, he was hired as a deckhand on the Confederate transport steamer planter. On May 13, 1862, the crew of the planter went ashore for the evening, leaving this man to guard the ship and its contents. He loaded the ship with his wife children, and 12 other slaves from the city, and sailed it to the area of the harbor where Union ships had formed their blockade. After the Civil War, he entered politics as a Republican. He was elected to the South Carolina House of Representatives and later to the South Carolina Senate. He was elected to the United States House of Representatives, first from South Carolina's 5th Congressional District and later from South Carolina's 7th um, 7th Congressional District. He served in Congress between 1868 and 1889. Who was he? Question number four. He was born in Beaufort, South Carolina in 1839. He worked as a house slave until the age of 12. He made arrangements for employment and negotiated $15 for monthly pay, which he saved $800. He was hired as a deckhand on the Confederate transport steamer planter. They were delivering ornaments to the Confederate forts. On May 13, 1862, the crew of the planter went ashore for the evening, leaving him to guard the ship and its contents. He loaded the ship with his wife, children and 12 other slaves from the city and sailed it into the area of the harbor where Union ships had formed their blockade. He turned over all charts, a Confederate naval code book, and armaments, as well as the planter itself to the Union Navy. After the Civil War, he entered politics as a Republican. He was elected to the South Carolina House of Representatives and later to the South Carolina Senate. He was elected to the United States House of Representatives first from South Carolina's 5th Congressional District and later from South Carolina's 7th Congressional District. He served in Congress between 1868 and 1889. Who was he? Okay, we're going to get through five questions before we take a break. Are you ready for question number five? Let these games go on. This is a pretty short question. It was one of the largest historically black, this is question number five, it was one of the largest, make sure you are labeling your questions, it is one of the largest historically black universities in the United States. It was founded by a man named Louis Adams, a former slave, and George W. Campbell, a former slave owner. It began as the normal school for colored teachers in a tiny space in a church named Butler Chapel A.M.E. Zion Church. It acquired its university status in 1985. I'll I'll pose the question again. Question number five. It is one of the largest historically black universities in the United States. It was founded by Lewis Adams, a former slave, and George W. Campbell, a former slave owner. It began as the normal school for colored teachers in a tiny space in a church by the name of Butler Chapel Amizion Zion Church. It acquired its university status in nineteen eighty five. Oh, here's a short one. We'll do number six and then we'll take a break. I know you all haven't d know I know Alpha has to have some time to do some uh he and he and, uh, um to do some heno henry to do some research here is question number 6 he was born in new york city on september 21 1933 he became a foreign affairs officer after He graduated from Harvard University in 1955 with a Bachelor's of Arts degree and then a degree from the Yale University Law School in 1958. In 1963, he became a Foreign Affairs Officer in the National Security Council. In 1977, President Jimmy Carter selected him as his Secretary of Army, and he would become the first African-American ever to occupy that cabinet-level position. Who is he? Question number six. I'll pose it again. He was born in New York City on September 21st, 1933. He received a Bachelor of Arts degree from Harvard University in 1955, an LLB degree from the Yale University Law School in 1958, and in 1963, (coughs) excuse me, he became a foreign affairs officer in the National Security Council. President Jimmy Carter selected him as his Secretary of Army in 1977 to be the first African American ever to occupy this cabinet-level position. Who is he? That is question Number six. If you're having any problems with these questions and you want me to repeat them, I will do so. But you'll have to call me at 347-838-9852 or post it in the chat room. And I'm watching the chat room very hard. And Rujan is not an answer to any of these questions. Okay. So we have question one through six already down. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll complete um, the remainder of the questions.
3: There is a difference between
6: service and advocacy, and we are at a point where we've got to look in the mirror and decide whose side are we going to be on. Amen. Are we going to be advocates for trickle-down economic prosperity, or are we going to be advocates for our people? This is our common ground, broadcasting brave, bold, and black, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Thank you for being with us tonight at Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you.
3: Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals... United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers, but we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers, but we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists, but we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, we had better educate every single person with the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste.
5: It might seem crazy what I'm about to say,
4: but all. On the indigent, the poor, the children, the elderly, the veterans, the wounded veterans, over and over and over again. There's no billions of cuts to the oil industry, big agriculture. There are no tax loopholes being closed. They are protecting the wealthy with a half-hearted assist from Wall Street Democrats, President. The same people who will not allow bills to be passed. To build, rebuild our infrastructure. Voted fifty billion to rebuild Iraq's infrastructure, $100 hundred billion to rebuild Afghanistan's infrastructure, but not a dime for the United States. These are the traitors of this nation because they are in power. See the same thing. We can be as badass as we want. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals, our banks destroy the economy. The inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression, and you can go down the line. You can go down the line. The Wizard of Oz is 70 years old. Today, if Dorothy were to encounter men with no brains, no heart, and no balls, she wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress.
6: <laughs> Advanced Urban Progressive Political Talk Radio. 10 PM Friday. Truth,
4: Truth and Works and Network. network the Alpha Show. You
5: know what's happening
2: <laughs> this is how we do it.
7: It's Friday night. The Alpha Show.
0: From the mean streets of New York to the hills of Los Angeles, a voice is rising to serve justice. This is the Norman Goldman Show. The home of fierce independence, intelligent dialogue, and passionate logic is right here, right now. America, this is the dispenser of fairness. This is the unfiltered truth. This is
6: Norman Goldman. This is Janice Graham, and we're pleased to be joined by... The Norman Goldman is Norman Goldman, the host of the Norman Goldman Show, broadcasting nationwide, syndicated, and live streaming. I never miss the Norman Goldman Show, where justice is served and dealt with in urgency. Voice of America,
1: when it's not, when they have pitiful
6: ratings, abysmal ratings,
1: when they're speaking to a very narrow sliver of America's population. A few billionaires, one television network, two giant radio companies, and a small sliver of America of loudmouth, ignorant, bigoted, racist, angry, resentful fools. And because it's on TV, and because it's on radio...
0: ...here right now. It's <laughs> It's minor. It's minor. America, this is the dispenser of fairness, this is the unfiltered truth,
6: this is Norman Goldman. The Norman Goldman Show, and we're pleased to have him with us, a fierce voice of independence independent talk radio, talking about independent talk radio and the radio industry in general, the death of American radio with Norman Goldman, March 8th, at Our Common Ground, speaking the truth to power and ourselves. We hope you'll join us. 10 p.m. live, I'm Janice Grant, and I'll be listening for you with Norman Goldman of the Norman Goldman Show.
1: Everybody loves going out to eat, right? You get to sit with a bunch of people in a noisy restaurant and enjoy a meal without having to cook or clean up. But years ago, some places to eat had plenty of seats, but would only let you sit there if your skin was a certain color. It was completely unfair. Wouldn't it be great if some dashing young heroes came in and made the restaurants change so anybody could sit there? Well, four heroes arrived there in Greensboro, North Carolina, the Greensboro Four, who pioneered the sit-in. It was by design that we came to this place. We wanted a place where there was really a dichotomy of offering and treatment and respect to people simply based on their color. And so they peacefully protested the unfair treatment by sitting in those seats. The restaurant wouldn't serve them, but they wouldn't move either. It was a sit-in. Soon the restaurant called the police. And he started to pace the counter back and forth. And he, as he walked back and forth, he started to pound his nightstick in his hand. But after he paced three times with his nightstick, I said to myself, We got him. He really doesn't know what to do. They were heroes, these four. David Richmond, Franklin McCain, Azel Blair, and Joseph McNeil. Many more joined them, and their protest was a success repeated across the country to fight unfair segregation, not only in restaurants, but in theaters, hotels, and everywhere. And the sit-ins worked. Many businesses were pressured to change their policies, and with Lyndon B. Johnson's signing of the Civil Rights Act, racial discrimination became illegal. Another victory for civil rights.
5: this
4: you you can't forget your past.
6: So try your tears, I said. And we thank Mr. Miles Graham, who couldn't be with us tonight, for that little tidbit... To make the game
5: begin.
6: And we thank you for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. <laughs> How you doing out there? Question 1 through 6. We hope that you are uh, finding this uh, entertaining and educational because that's what we're supposed to be doing tonight, the annual Our Common Ground Black History Game. Thank you for being with us. I'm Janice Graham. Our number is 347-838-9852. Uh, you can join us in our chat room at blog talk radio, No, blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG if you'd like to join us. It looks like they're struggling in there, in the chat room there. Don't see very many uh, people trying to queue up on these answers, questions. One through six. To give you a break, what we're going to do is we're going to give you some bonus questions and you'll just have to um, listen to these questions. Listen very carefully. This is a bonus question, only five points for you to try to up, up, your score, you know? Uh, the question is, what movie does, is this dialogue extracted from? The movie is based on a book. What is the name of the book and the author? Here we go. The question is, this is bonus question, Number three, write that down. Bonus question number three for five points. What movie does this clip come from? It is based on a book. What is the name of the book and the name of the
5: author?
3: Well, boy,
1: how you feel now? My name is Solomon Northup. I'm a free man, and you have no right whatsoever to detain me. You're no free man. You're nothing but a Georgia runaway.
3: Went down to the river
7: Jordan.
4: And that servant that don't obey his lord <laughs> shall be beaten well, with many stripes.
7: That scripture.
1: The condition of your laborers. It's all wrong. they my property. You say that with pride. I say it as fact.
5: Snake!
2: Man does how he pleases with his property.
5: <laughs>
2: you come here. I i come here! Days ago, I was with my family in my home. Now you tell me all is lost. If you want to survive, do and say as
6: little as possible. That was bonus question number three. Now, that was the easy one. You all, You all just cannot... Complain about that question Okay You just can't complain Here is bonus question I'm trying to help you I'm trying to help some brothers and sisters out here Here is bonus question Number five Write it down Bonus question number five And the question is Who wrote the lyrics and who wrote the music? Who wrote the lyrics and who wrote the music? Now, if you all don't get this, you all need to um, check yourself. Okay, <laughs> this is the easiest question. You gotta get this. I know. I know Miles is listening at home, and I know he is falling out. If you all don't get this one, and the question is, okay, here's the question. Who is the character? On what television show does he appear? And you can get an additional 5 points. This is a 10 point. See, I'm I'm really trying to help you out here. This is this can be 10 points for you. Who is the character? On what television program does he appear? So you have to give me the character's name, what he is known as on the TV series. For an additional five points, you have to tell me his real name. Because you all know he's my boy, right? Right? Yeah, he's my boy. You have heard this man how many times on our common ground? Okay, here we go. Who is the character, what television show, what is his real name for ten points? Who is the character and what is the name of the TV show is five points. Everybody's getting getting... Getting the rules right. Here we go. Listen very carefully. Who are you?
2: What's the end game?
0: My end game?
2: The first lady just puts you on notice. We don't have a lot of time. This needs to be dealt with.
3: No, it doesn't. Let it be. Right now.
2: At this very moment, you are standing in the eye of the hurricane, and you're going to sit here and pretend?
3: I'm not pretending. You think that White House is going to protect you? Hmm? Is that it? I can protect myself. Thank you very much. You're not the
2: fixer here, Liv. You're the problem. You're a client. You're my client like it or not so I'm not asking you for the truth I know the truth I know enough and any minute, any second now so over the rest of planet Earth so what I'm asking you is what is your end game so the eye will pass and the winds will kick up and you, you are not tethered to anything but I'm here and I will be your anger and I'm the only one that can see you do this we'll fight to the end so snap out of it
3: We need to prove whether Sally's the mole. Get on
5: it. Okay.
6: What is the name of the character what is the name of the TV show, you get five points. You can get an additional five points if you can write down and tell me what is his real name, his name that his mama gave him. Okay. I'm going to go to our phones because it looks like somebody has a question, but I have one more very easy question before we go back to the remaining 14 questions that we have for the challenge. Good evening. You're on the air. I respect you. How are you doing in the games?
4: Oh, I'm struggling. Brother Brock over here, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
6: You're struggling, Brother Brock. I'm very, very surprised. Do you have a question, or do you call and ask me on the QT for some answers?
5: <laughs> uh, Actually, I have
4: one answer, so am I supposed to call in that answer, or am I supposed no, we have to, to write get it on the
6: chat the, we have to get through all the questions first. So let me get okay. to it, and I'll, I'll put you on mute, okay? Okay, yep. You'll be the first Thanks. scorer coming in, okay.
5: Yeah. all
6: right. Okay, here is another bonus question. See, when you do your scores, when you call in with your scores, you're going to have to tell me, uh, where are you getting your bonus uh, scores from. Melissa Harris-Perry appeared on MSNBC on the Rachel Maddow show regularly in 2010. Prior to marrying... Her current husband, my friend James Perry, a man who I love, what name did she use? Okay, I'll ask it again. This is a bonus question. Melissa Harris Perry appeared in 2010 as a regular commentator on the Rachel Maddow show on MSNBC. Prior to her marriage to James Perry, what name did she use? Okay. How you all doing in the chat room? Let me check in the chat room. Oh, Brother Brock said he got number three of the bonus. Ha, ha, ha. So you say, let the games begin. Now, you know you can call in. At any time, and ask for a bonus question, 347-838-9852 to get your bonus questions. Uh, Once we get through all of the questions, and I'm going to get through them pretty quickly at this point. Okay, so here we go with question number seven. This is question number seven. Following World War II, over 500,000 African Americans migrated to the West Coast cities in, hope, in hopes of escaping racism and discrimination. There was a rebellion on the as a result of what they found as racial injustice. On August 11th, 1965, what What was it called? What was it called? That's question number seven. Following World War II, over 500,000 African Americans migrated to, to West Coast cities in hopes of escaping racism and discrimination. However, they found loads of racial inequality and found that their goal for racial justice uh, in housing, education, employment, and political discrimination remained. The population of African Americans on August 11, 1965, exploded in what was it called? Let me make a clarification on this question. It was a five-day revolt which involved some 30,000 employees, uh, 30,000 people, and it served as a stark testimony to the inequality and poverty that dominated the lives of thousands of residents. What was it called? And I'm going to give some background information on all of these uh, questions. Okay. So here is question number eight. It was a political organization which focused on mobilizing the strength of black voters in Georgia's capital city from the late 1940s to the early 1960s, it began as a bipartisan organization. In 1953, its chairperson was William Dobbs, who frustrated left the organization because he sensed a bias toward Democrats. Taking his Republican supporters with him, he was replaced by Reverend William Jackson. It was an organization, a political organization in the city, started in the city of Atlanta from the late 1940s to the early 1960s. What was the name of this organization? Question number nine. It was believed to be the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. It happened in 1921, and it continues to this day to haunt the people who live there. Eighteen terrible hours on May 31st and June 1st, 1921. More than 1,000 homes and businesses were destroyed. What was it called?
5: Okay.
6: Number ten. She was noted for the following quote. For I am my mother's daughter and the drums of Africa still beat in my heart. She was born in 1875. She served as the president of the Florida Chapter of the National Association of Colored Women. She became special advisor in 1935 to President Roosevelt on Minority Affairs. In 1936, she became the director of the Division of Negro Affairs of the National Youth Administration. Who was she? That's question number 10. Question number 11. It was a network used by enslaved black Americans to obtain their freedom in the 30 years before the Civil War, 1860 to 1865. It was established by word of mouth. Very few people kept records about it to protect homeowners and fugitives who used it? It was organized by abolitionists, people who opposed slavery. What was it called? Now, here is the bonus question for question number 11. It was the network used by enslaved black Americans to attain their freedom in the 30 years before the civil war 1860 to 1865 it was done quietly by word of mouth and very few people kept records it was organized by abolitionists who opposed slavery the bonus question is the bonus question is name the three states which it ran through. That is question number 11. We're moving on to question number 12. He is an inventor. He invented air conditioning for cars, a box office device that distributed tickets automatically, and a portable x-ray machine question number 12 who is he he was an inventor he invented air conditioning for cars he invented a box office device that distributed tickets automatically and he invented a portable x-ray machine who is he that is question number 12. Question number 13. She was born a slave. She became editor of a weekly newspaper. She ran for president of the National Association of Colored Women, and she was defeated by someone else who is the answer in One of the questions that you have received, she began writing on racial injustice and became a reporter for and part owner of Memphis Free Speech. She is considered the foremost African-American activist against lynching of her time. Question number 13, who is she? I'll ask the question again. She was born a slave. She became editor of a weekly evening star, and then she began writing on racial injustice, became a reporter and part owner of the Memphis Free Speech. She was outspoken on issues involving school system. She failed in her bid to win election as president of the National Association of Colored Women. She was defeated by someone else who is an answer. And she was the foremost African-American activist of her time against lynching. I'll give you one more, um, I guess, uh, clue. In, in this she went in eighteen ninety three she went to Great Britain and while there she spoke about lynching in America found significant support for anti anti-lynching efforts and saw the organization, oversaw the organization of the British Anti-Lynching Society. Who was she? <clears throat> Question number 14. Question number 14. It was passed. By Congress In 1850 The question is What congressional law Was passed That inspired the book Uncle Tom's Cabin Question number 14 It was passed in 1850 What congressional law Was passed That inspired the book Uncle Tom's cabin There are Bonus points On this question Name one Prominent Abolitionist That's the bonus question To question number Fourteen How you all doing in there? Anybody taking a breath? If you're listening and you want to join us, it's www.blocktalkradio.com backslash OCG, and you are listening to Our Common Ground. This is the annual Our Common Ground Black History Games. Question number 15. What US senator was attacked in the US Senate chambers over his speech protesting slavery? If you would like a bonus question bonus points, 10 of 10 for this question, you must you must answer the question either in what year or who attacked him. Question number 15, what U.S. senator was attacked in the U.S. Senate chambers over his speech protesting slavery? The bonus points are in what year or who attacked him?
5: Okay.
6: Question number 16. He invented Crest toothpaste, Folgers coffee, Bounce fabric softener, and Safeguard soap. What is his name? I'll ask it again. He invented Crest toothpaste, Folgers coffee, Bounce fabric softener, and Safeguard Soap. Here is, I guess, the clue to help you out. The name of the company that he worked for was Procter & Gamble. Does that help you out any um, time? Okay. Question number 17. He's the author of over 25 books, including National Bus Sellers Like. Countering the Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys, State of Emergency, We Must Save African American Males, Solutions for Black America, An African-Centered Response to Ruby Payne's Poverty Theory, Raising Black Boys, and one of his most recent is Educational Strategies to Teach Children of Color. I'll give you another clue. He was a frequent guest and commentator on Our Common Ground for many years, and he lives in Chicago. Question number 17. He's the author of over 25 books, including national bestsellers like Countering the Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys, state of emergency was we must save african-american males solutions for black america keeping black boys out of education raising black boys and his most recent educational strategies teaching children of color he lives in chicago and he is my friend okay question number 18 listen very carefully to this question on, September, on December 17, 1951, a petition was presented to the United Nations on two separate venues. Paul Robeson, a concert singer and activist, together with people who signed the petition, handed the document to a UN official in New York while William Patterson, executive director of the Civil Rights Congress, delivered copies of the drafted petition to a UN delegation in Paris. W.E.B. Du Bois, also slated to deliver the petition in Paris, had been designated an unregistered foreign agent and was deterred from traveling. What was the name of this document? I'll read the question again. Question number 18. On December seventeenth, 1951, a petition was presented to the United Nations on two separate venues. Paul Robeson, concert singer and activist together with people who signed the petition, handed the document to a UN official in New York, while William Patterson, executive director of the Civil Rights Congress, Delivered copies of the drafted petition to a UN delegation in Paris. W.E.B. Du Bois, Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois, was slated to deliver the petition in Paris, but he had been designated as an unregistered foreign agent and was deterred from traveling. The same thing that happened to Osama bin Laden and the reason why he couldn't come into the United States. Okay, what was the name of this document? We're going to move right along here. Let's see. Question number
3: 19.
6: He was the first escaped slave seized in New England under the eighteen fifty. Fugitive Slave Law.
7: Under the new
6: law, northern authorities were required to help owners recapture slaves who had escaped to the north. Who was he? he was. This is question number 19. He was the first escaped slave seized in New England under the 1850 Fugitive Slave Law. Under the new law, northern authorities were required to help owners capture slaves who had escaped to the north. What was his name? Who was he? And finally, question number 20. The following was his award-winning poem. What is Africa to me? Copper sun or scarlet sea. Jungle star or jungle track. Strong bronzed men or regal black. Women from whose loins I sprang when the bird of Eden sang. What is his name? I'll read it again. What is Africa to me? Copper sun or scarlet sea Jungle Star a jungle track, strong bronze men or regal black, women from whose loins I sprang when the birds of Eden sang What was his name? An award winning poet. And those are the twenty questions. We're gonna take a break, let you now don't forget your bonus questions have you have Ten points. The 20 questions give you ten points each. We're going to take our break, and when we come back, we'll take your calls at 347-838-9852. You can pick up some more bonus questions. I've got four stacks over here. And we're going to give you a couple more bonus questions. You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham. Thank you so much for being here with us in the 2014 annual Our Common Ground Black History Games. It's fun, isn't it?
2: You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Uh And now back to Our Common Ground.
0: From the mean streets of New York to the hills of Los Angeles, a voice is rising to serve justice. This is the Norman Goldman Show. The home of fierce independence, intelligent dialogue, and passionate logic is right here, right now. America. This is is the Dispenser of Fairness. This is the Unfiltered Truth. This is Norman
6: Goldman. This is Janice Graham, and we're pleased to be joined by the Norman Goldman. Is Norman Goldman the host of the Norman Goldman Show, broadcasting nationwide, syndicated, and live streaming? I never miss. The Norman Goldman Show, where justice is served and dealt with in urgency. Voice of America,
2: when it's not,
1: when they have pitiful ratings, abysmal ratings, when they're speaking to a very narrow sliver of America's population. A few billionaires, one television network, two giant radio companies, and a small sliver of America of loudmouth, ignorant, bigoted, racist, angry, resentful fools. And because it's on TV, and because it's on radio...
0: Here, right now... There's boner, 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 boner... American, this is the dispenser of fairness. This is the unfiltered truth. This
6: is Norman Goldman. The Norman Goldman Show. And we're pleased to have him with us. A fierce voice of independence and talk radio, talking about independent talk radio and the radio industry in general, the death of American radio. With Norman Goldman, March 8th, at Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. We hope you'll join us. 10 p.m. live. I'm Janice Grant, and I'll be listening for you with Norman Goldman of the Norman Goldman Show.
2: India Declare, real, raw, and right now.
6: Join India Declare, real, raw, and right now, Fridays and Saturdays. 11 a.m. It's the I Declare Friday and Saturday brunch. If you want your news real and your talk raw and right now, it's Friday and Saturday. India Declare at the I Declare brunch. Real, raw, and right now, India is live. Friday and Saturday morning, 11 a.m. The I Declare Show with India Declare. On Blog Talk Radio.
2: India declare real, raw, and right now.
6: Drilling down, just damn. When injustice becomes law,
3: resistance
6: becomes duty.
4: This is Alpha, hosting the best of Pushback Talk Radio. The
6: Alpha Show, only at TruthWorks Network, Fridays, 10 p.m.
7: Almost immediately, most former rebel states enact harsh laws known as Black Codes.
6: The Black Codes are laws designed to regulate the lives of blacks, in particular to control their movements throughout the South and to force them back onto the plantations as uh, farm laborers uh, working for the white landlords.
7: Some codes prohibit blacks from owning firearms, buying liquor, or engaging in any trade or business other than farming. The land promised to the freedmen is returned to unrepentant rebels sentencing blacks to a landless existence for generations to come. Often, white landowners would hire freed slaves to work the harvest, only to chase them off the land when their wages came due. Unable to collect their meager earnings, many blacks starved to death. Johnson
6: looked the other way as the ex-Confederate government
7: reimposed
6: uh, stringent control over the black race through the black codes, which were a de facto form of slavery and that they regulated the daily lives of, of blacks, much like apartheid in South Africa.
7: Some states go so far as to legalize the beatings of former slaves who are considered to have misbehaved.
6: Beating black people who step out of line for, you know, things such as not getting off the sidewalk when you see a white man or white woman walking by. So small infractions are things that are that can be perceived as um, shucking that um, southern way of life, so to speak.
2: Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Our common ground with Janice Graham.
5: In a cold-
6: Thank you for being here at the annual Hour Coming Down at History of Game. You hope know, you are having fun. I'm having fun, and I guess I'll just give you, uh, this is a giveaway, okay? Who breaks out in a cold sweat? Who wrote it? Who performed it? And who brought us to our feet? That's worth five points. I just gave you five points. Okay, let's get started. We've had our 20 questions, and I am about to give you the answers. Why don't we start with some of the bonus questions that I gave you so you can feel good about your score. Okay, we played for you the what you know as "lift every voice and sing," the Na- Negro National Anthem. It was written uh, somewhere around 1899, and it was set to music in 1900s. Here is the answer: the name of the man wrote the lyrics as a poem James Weldon Johnson he was born in 1871 and he died in 1938 he wrote the poem somewhere in 1899 and um, he was a senior mentor and friend of my family and my uncle who lived in his hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. In addition to being a poet, he was also a waiter on the Florida East Coast Railroad, and he retired as a professor at... Florida Memorial College, which was located, the AME HBCU. Um, I'm pulling this out of my head. Um, it was called something else at the time that I can't think of, but it is now Florida Memorial College located in, in uh, Miami, but it was located in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. The man who set it to music was his brother. John Rosamond Johnson, who was born in 1873 and died in 1954. And I had the privilege of having known him in his later years. And uh, they were just wonderful brothers. It was publicly performed as a poem as part of the celebration of Lincoln's birthday, on February 12, 1900, by 500 school children at the segregated Stanton School. And James Weldon Johnson was the principal at the time, and he wrote the words to introduce it to his honored guest, Booker T. Washington. And the poem was set to music by his brother, John Rosman Johnson, in 1905. And that is the history, not all of the history, but important history of the Negro National Anthem. Okay, so everybody, I know you all got, I know you got scores for that one. I just know you got scores for that one. Now, um, we played a clip, which was a scene from a movie. And um, I know that all of you probably got that one because the name of the movie, the movie was released this year, and the name of the movie is 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave is... An autobiography written by Solomon Northrop. That is the answer. Twelve Years a Slave, the author is Solomon Northrop, And it was a film that was released in 2013. It was his mem- memoir, The Narrative of Solomon Northrup. Twelve Years a Slave. That is the name of the book. It was published and in, um, initially published in 1841. Okay, that's probably the one that you uh, did something um, that you did some um, uh, research on the net while you were listening, okay now, the other is who is the character in the clip that we played? What is the name of the TV program? What is the character's name? and for a bonus, what is the na- the real name? of the person who plays the character. This is the answer. The character is name is Harrison Wright. The name of the TV show is Scandal. Harrison Wright, the character, the actor who plays Harrison Wright, his name is Columbus Short. Okay, some of you might not have gotten that one. So I'm going to give you real quick. I'm going to give you real quick. I'm really trying to help you out here. I'm going to give you real quick, quick, real, real quick. Uh, very quick bonus question. Two bonus questions. 10 points each. You're tuned in to our common ground, where we celebrate all year long, the life and legacy and the work of Dr. Martin Luther King on National King Day. We encourage you, the Our Common Ground listeners, to live like a king.
5: He was
4: murdered by the irresponsibility of every politician from governors on down who has fed his constituents the stale bread of hatred and the spoiled meat of racism. Yes,
5: sir.
4: He was murdered by the timidity of a federal government that can spend millions of dollars a day to keep troops in South Vietnam and cannot protect the lives of its own citizens
5: seeking the right to vote.
6: Okay, that was, of course, the... Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King In what city In the United States That's a clue In what city in the United States Was he assassinated Okay That's a bonus question Here is a second bonus question Listen to this person And tell me
5: Who he
6: is Who is this Speaking. did not
4: suffer and die to give me an education to slight, oppress, or discourage my people. Because whatsoever education I acquired out of the day of sacrifice of over 300 years, I shall use for the salvation of the 400 million black people of the world, and the day when I forsake my people, may God Almighty say there shall be no more light for you. I unequivocally rejected the racist assumption of much white American Christianity. Namely, that God had created a black man inferior, and that he had intended Negroes to be a servant class, he of wood and drawers of water. Well, I predicated my view of man on the doctrine of Imago Dei. All men, regardless of color, are created in the image of God. Now, from this premise followed equality of all men and the brotherhood of all men. The biblical injunction of Acts 17,
6: 26 reminds us that he created a...
5: Who is speaking?
6: That's a bonus question. Who was speaking in that clip? Here is another bonus question. I'm giving out a lot of bonus questions. I hadn't expected to give out a lot of bonus questions.
3: Ebert, all of this is a, a true picture of the two races among the you and I. today there is both black and white, but the judge is his to judge with justice upon the two races. Is that right?
5: That's right.
3: But really, the judgment is set to clear one and to condemn the other. Again, he makes a parable of uh, the two races as being sheep and goats. Right. The good to the left, which means uh, to the wrong side our evil side, are to the weaker side. To so the left of us is weak. Our hand over here, our uh, orange, is weaker than the right. So he made a picture of the two races there, and the goat and the sheep. The sheep here, to my right, and the goat to my left. I don't... Okay.
6: Who is that speaking? Those were two very important men in the history of black people in this country. So you've got those ten points you could put on your, on your, on your, on your score. Ten points. Now, here is the answer to the question. Melissa Harris Perry appeared as a regular commentator on the Rachel Maddow show on MSNBC prior to her marriage to James Perry. She used another name. What was that name? That is the question. The answer is she used Melissa Harris Lacewell. That is the answer. So you've got for your bonus questions 10 points each um, for... The Lift Every Voice and Sing Negro National Anthem, the uh, Harrison Scandal TV show is five points, and his real name is Columbus Short. And it and the other bonus question, Melissa Harris Lacewell. Now. You just heard two clips. The first clip that you heard was Marcus Josiah Garvey. The second clip that you heard was the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, founder of the Nation of Islam. Okay. Now, let's go to the 20 questions. Question number one, John Hope Franklin, one of the nation's leading historians, is the only African-American who has served as president of both the American Historical Association and the Organization of American Historians. He was born in Rennesville, Oklahoma, on January 2nd, 1915 to parents Buck, a Tulsa attorney, and Molly Franklin. He grew up in Tulsa's Jim Crow society that stifled his senses and damaged his emotional health and social well-being. He attended Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee, Harvard University in 1936 and 1941. His most important work was the 1947 publication. Here is the bonus question for question number one. Here's the bonus answer. The 1947 publication of From Slavery to Freedom, A, Negro, a History of Negro Americans, which has become the longest continuously published survey text used in American history courses. He served on the advisory board and is the former chair of One America, the President's Initiative on Race created by Bill Clinton in 1997. Question number two, the answer is 26, 25, and 50 blacks congregated in New York City on April 6, 1712, uh, six of the rebels committed suicide, and all of the rebels were captured and punished with ferocity, the answer is, it is call, it was called, and it happened in New York City, and it was called the New York City Slave Uprising of 1712. Question number three In January 1965 General William T. Sherman Made a promise And signed and issued Special field order number 15 The question was What was promised in that field order The answer is 40 acres and a mule Question number four, he was born in Buford, South Carolina in 1839 and worked as a slave, house slave. He was hired as a deck land on the Confederate transport steamer planter. He stole the the, the people's boat, took it to the Union Navy. He stole the Confederate naval ship planter, took it to the Union Navy, including all charts, Confederate naval code books, and ornaments, as well as the ship itself, and turned it over to the Union Navy. After the Civil War, he entered politics as a Republican and was elected to the South Carolina House of Representatives and later to the South Carolina Senate. He served in the Congress between eighteen sixty eight and eighteen eighty nine. Who was he was the question. He was Senator Robert Smalls. Question number five. It is it was one of the largest historically black universities in the United States. Uh, <clears throat> It was founded by Lewis Adams, a former slave, and George W. Campbell, a former slave owner. It began as a normal school for colored teachers in a tiny space in a church by the name of Butler Chapel Zion Church. Which HBCU was it? The school began as the normal school for colored teachers, and it is now known as as Tuskegee University located in Tuskegee, Alabama. Question number six. Born in New York City in nineteen thirty-three, he became a foreign affairs officer after attending Harvard University in nineteen fifty-five and Yale University Law School in nineteen fifty eight. President Carter selected him as his Secretary of Army in 1977, and he was the first African American ever to occupy a cabinet-level position. His name was Clifford Alexander. Question number seven. Following World War II, over 500,000 African Americans migrated to the West Coast. They found their their quest to find uh, racial justice, a distant goal they experienced, housing, education, employment, and political discrimination, Uh, and these racial uh, injustices caused an event. That event is known as an explosion of the African American population in Los Angeles, section of Watts in 1965, and it was called the Watts Riot of 1965. Question number eight, what was the the political organization which focused on mobilizing the strength of black voters in Georgia's capital from the late 1940s to the early 1960s? What was that organization's name? It was the Atlanta Negro Voters
5: League.
6: In 1953, um, William Dobbs um, left the organization because he sensed it was biased toward Democrats, taking his black Republican supporters with him. He was replaced by... Reverend William Jackson, and the name of the organization, again, the first African-American voter empowerment organization, the Atlanta Negro League. Question number nine, it was believed to be the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. The bloody 1921 race riot continued to haunt those who live there to this date. During the course of 18 terrible hours on May 31st and June 1st, 1921, more than 1,000 homes and, and businesses were destroyed while credible estimates of riot deaths ranged from 50 to 300. What was it called? The answer is the Tulsa Race riots. Question number ten. She is noted for the following quote: "For I am my mother's daughter, and the drums of Africa still beat in my heart." She served as the president of the Florida chapter of the National Association of Colored Women. She became a special advisor to the president, uh, to President Roosevelt, on minority affairs in 1935, and. In 1936, she became the director of the Division of Negro Affairs of the National Youth Administration. She returned to her Florida home in her retirement, and she died in 1955. And uh, she is the founder, in 1904, of the... Scotia Seminary for Girls, believing that education provided the key to racial advancement. She founded the Daytona Normal and Industrial Institute in 1904. We now know that as Bethune-Cookman University. Her name is Mary McLeod Bethune. Question number 11, it was a network used by enslaved black Americans to obtain their freedom in the 30 years before the Civil War, 1860 to 1865. What was it called? It was called the Underground Railroad. Bonus points, the three states in which the Underground Railroad ran, Maryland, Indiana, Ohio, those were... Those are the three bonus questions in in question number 11. He was an inventor of the air conditioning for cars, the box office device that distributed tickets automatically, and the the portable x-ray machine. Who was he? Frederick McKinley Jones is the answer to question number 12. Now, I hope you're scoring up your scores. We're um, moving along pretty fast because we're running out of time. We should be doing this every day. See, your children should have a radio show that they can come and get these and get these questions and and answers and talk about it. That's what radio should be doing, and that is not what radio is doing. I don't know what radio is doing. She was, question number 13, she was born a slave. She became an editor of a weekly evening star, and she began writing on racial justice and became a reporter and part owner of the Memphis Free Speech. Uh, She was outspoken on issues involving the school system, and she is considered the most, she was the foremost african-american activist against lynching of her time her name is ida barnett wells ida b wells uh, she failed her bid to win election as president of the national association of colored women in 1880 after seeing her brother's place as apprentices she moved with her two younger sisters to live with a relative in memphis There, she obtained a teaching position at a black school and began taking classes at Fisk University. She also began writing for the Negro Press Association. She became editor of the weekly Evening Star. And in 1884, while riding in the ladies' car on a trip to Nashville, she was forcibly removed from the car and forced in a colored-only car, even though she had first-class tickets. She sued the railroad, the Chesapeake and Ohio, and won a settlement of $500. In 1887, the Tennessee Supreme Court overturned the verdict, and Ida B. Wells had to pay court costs of $200. Later, she became the voice against the lynching mobs in this country. And on returning from her British trip, she moved to Chicago and began to work with Frederick Douglass and a local lawyer, Frederick Barnett, in writing an 81-page booklet about the exclusion of black participants from most of the events around the Columbian Exposition in, in Chicago. My intent really was to give you background on all of these questions, and I'm trying as best I can. Question number 14, what congressional law was passed that inspired the book Uncle Tom's Cabin? I gave you a clue in another question. I hope you picked it up. It was called the Fugitive Slave Act of 1950 and was passed by Congress after months of bitter debate in the U.S. Senate. The law was seen as a compromise to preserve the union. The law established commissioners to issue warrants for slaves who had run away and reached free states. It is the the answer is the Fugitive Question number 14, the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850. Um And abolitionists, William Lloyd Garrison, Frederick Douglass, Angelina Grimay, Wendell Phillips, John Brown, Harriet Tubman, Harriet Beecher Stowe. If you got any of those on your list, you get the bonus points. Uh, Question number 15, what U.S. Senator was attacked in the U.S. Senate chambers over his speech protesting slavery? The name of the senator was Senator Charles Sumner of Massachusetts. Bonus points it happened in eighteen forty six and the person bonus point and the person who attacked him, Charles Sum- was Preston Brooks. I don't know why we're w- running out of time so much, but it looks like we are running out of time but i'm gonna um for those of you who would like to get answers quickly um we're going to run over to, um, if, we, if we don't get through them all this tonight, we will go through them. But here are some more answers. I've got 60 seconds. Crest Toothpaste, Dr. Herman Smitherman, um, the name of the document in question number 18, We Charge Genocide, the Crime of Government Against the Negro People. Question number 19, his name was Shadrach Minkins. He was a lawyer in Boston. Uh, Question number 20, Conti Cullen. Thank you so very much for joining us tonight uh, for these games. I'm sorry we ran out of time. We still have our stacks over here. We could do this more. Thanks for being with us, and we hope. That you have enjoyed it. I'm Janice and I'll be listening for you with Norman Goldman next Saturday night. Oh.